Hey, Fifth Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What's going on, everyone? And welcome into another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Hockey Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And it's one of those special ones where you get to deal with us in such a different way <laughs> because we're together. We are, we are recording this in the same room, actually staring at each other in the face. Yes. Which is different for us. It is different. I, are we in therapy right now? It kind of feels like we're like in a therapy session. It is kind of similar to that. It's feeling like that. I don't know. It feels different for us, but I kind of like it. Yeah. I mean, it's weird because when we're normally uh, on screen, we are technically looking at each other. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I feel like both of us are so distractible that that's not always true. Yeah, I'm mostly concerned about how my face looks for the very limited amount of video content that we do. Yeah, and speaking of, you're not getting that today because Laura and I, today was travel day. Today was the day in which we got down to Houston, Texas, which is where we're recording from right now. We, One of our favorite humans in the world is getting married this weekend, and so we are down here celebrating good old Pashi. You've heard us talk about Pashi on the show before, right? I mean, like, they She's know. She's our A1 from day one. Correct, because when you work in residence life together, there's a bond, there's a trauma, there's something about it that is just so sweet yes and only for her would i experience these horrendous temperatures and the sweating i houston texas i i'm not having a bad time like let me (laughs) let me say that like let me start there oh are you Um, gonna tell them about (laughs) i if we have any listeners in Houston, Texas, I'm sorry for what I'm about to say. I am not convinced that there is any form of a driver's ed, of a driver's test, of anything of the sort. We're just like a logical city planner. I Correct. This city is insanity to me. And we're not even in... We're outside no, of No, we're Houston. like 25 miles north. Yes. It's insane. It's insane. Uh, and Laura and I are in this lovely Airbnb. I will say that. Like, it's, it's really lovely. Our friend Eileen is joining us tomorrow, and so that's going to be nice. But it really is, is lovely, and it is... We, we've set up this little shop. Um, <laughs> there's, like, a kitchen island, I guess you could call it. Like, I it's don't know... It's a dry bar, I think is what it's oh, called. Oh, yeah, it's a dry bar. That is true. Yeah, it is. And honestly, on the dry bar, it was lovely. They actually, like, had given us a bottle of wine. It was so nice. It was so nice. Really... And it really is super cute. Like, we... You really found a good one for us to say in. I do what I can. I do what I can. I'm always a person, I feel like, in these situations, whether it be us, whether it be me and other friends, where I am usually the one that finds the Airbnb, and yes. I'm usually pretty proud of myself. The one in, in uh, Covington was nice. Yes. Which, Covington, well, or Newport, right? whatever it was. I guess technically. Kentucky, Cincinnati. Um, <laughs> Correct. And... Didn't you find the one that we'll potentially be staying in for a Traverse City? Oh, gosh, you say that now. We haven't looked to see if it's still available. I know. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, but I did find that one. That one was nice, too. But I, I have a joy in it. I just, uh, It's fun to me to look for things. Well, that, you just understand like people's needs. Well, and it's my HGTV like realness coming through, I think. It's like that idea of like I, I think that I am capable of 
most things related to home, like home. <laughs> I'm like, yes. this is my element. I'm, I'm in my space. The only sad part about this Airbnb. Oh, no. Is that it's so hot outside. Oh, the deck. We cannot experience this super cute deck. I mean, we, we could. Outside. Uh, no, we can't. <laughs> Maybe now when it's no. 9.19 at night. Yeah, okay. Yeah, let's play that game. Let's play the what is the temperature at 9.19 at night here in Houston, Texas, because I can guarantee also you... include the humidity, because... I was going to say, I can guarantee you it's not a temperature that either one of us will be okay with stepping outside. It's currently 87 degrees. It's 87 degrees with a real feel of 101 degrees. It's 9.19. <laughs> the humidity is 80%. <laughs> The sweating. And the indoor humidity is 80%, which I don't know what that means. It just says dangerously humid, and I could not agree more. Correct. You can, like, physically chew the air here. I'm in danger. (laughs) (laughs) I was in danger at Target. And aren't we all? And aren't we all? And aren't our debit cards? But, no, it was... It's been... It's been an interesting travel day. We woke... Well, so it started by us... Here's the thing. I, if you have heard me talk about it, and if you know me outside of this show, like, you know that I'm, like, a pretty big fan of living in Grand Rapids. Like, I I really do love it. The one gripe that I have is, like, you can't really fly from Grand Rapids anywhere direct. Like, it's just not really, like, a thing. Like, there are definitely cities that you can, but, like, especially for me going to, like, Columbus, like, it's a no-go. Like, it's it's Chicago or Detroit first or whatever have you. And, sure, it's because I'm lazy. No, I haven't had that happen to me before. I feel like one time I looked at it and it was like a Dayton situation. Huh. I'll take your word for it. I, but I was so thrilled that Grand Rapids has direct flights to Houston. And so that was what we were booked on this morning. And they said, think again, you trick ass bitch. And so they rebooked us because they canceled that flight. And so we had a flight to Denver and then we flew from Denver to Houston. But our flight from Denver to Houston was also delayed. It's been a travel day from hell, but that's not even really like the rest of the day. Was again just stamped by two things. It's one, the traffic slash driving situation, the heat. So I guess three things. Those are two. But then the third thing was finally getting to crave my taste for Whataburger and specifically the spicy ketchup. That's been the highlights of my day personally was that spicy ketchup. (laughs) Everything else pales in comparison to having that again. If you don't know what I'm talking about, y'all, like... The next time you're in a place that has Whataburger, if you like anything spicy at all, like, it's not like, no, you know me, I'm like, I love spicy, like, I can get ridiculous with spice, yeah. but, like, this is not spicy spicy. It's, like, when I tasted it today, and it is as good as he says it is, it, is definitely, it was definitely worth it, um, definitely worth the Jeremy almost having a stroke um, getting us to a Whataburger that was open, because the first one that we went to had lost power due to the heat and that was a real turning point in our journey today um but it is yeah it's like i said it tasted like tabasco mixed with ketchup i was a fan yeah it was really good and honestly the food i mean it wasn't like like you said it's not like Great, but it's an experience Mm -hmm. but the milkshakes are great well and honestly like what we got we got a we got a Whataburger, uh, and it was fine. Like those are fine. I honestly, the one thing that is like my favorite thing that they have are the honey butter chicken biscuits that they have. So good in the morning. Mm-hmm. So we might. 
We won't actually. I can't do that again. I can't. I can't do that voyage again. But no, we will be finding other. Yes, we need to do other more things. More like need local to. things. Well, hey, whatever is a Texas thing. So that's that's, true. that's where I'll, I'm okay with regional fast food. If I'm somewhere I don't go too often. After, like, but like, speaking of regional fast food, <laughs> and I promise we'll talk about hockey. Um, I went to. I manically had a job interview in Kansas once. And on our way to Kansas, in Missouri, we stopped at a place called Lion's Choice. Not Lion's Den. Definitely not that place. But it was basically, like, the local regional version of Arby's. The worst thing I've ever eaten in my life. Like, actually awful. Like, putrid, an abomination to roast beef. I am not even positive that it was roast beef. It kind of tasted like and looked like grating from the kneecap of an elephant. It was really bad. It was really bad. We just sad for both of us, actually, because we both enjoy... Well, we both enjoy... And roast beef. <laughs> but we both like Arby's. We're like two people who okay, enjoy Arby's. This was the problem, though. So we went, like, it was me and my friend Emily, and we had gone to an Arby's. And I don't know if this is true or not, or if this is just one of those things that's convenient and people have believed it to be true. And so, fact checkers, let me know. But <laughs> I thought it was called Arby's because, like, Arby roast beef. Yeah, it's... Oh, it's like our... It's some, yeah, it's something like because of the beef. Arby, yeah. Arby's yeah. roast beef. Yeah, like yeah. that's what I thought, right? And imagine my surprise when Arby's didn't have roast beef when we went. And so it ended up leading to us having to go to Lion's Choice to, to get this. And frankly, I would have trusted roast beef from Lion's Den more. If I'm telling you the yeah. truth. <laughs> I'm just saying... <laughs> I'm just saying. Ew. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot, folks. But and seriously, Arby's best fast food mozzarella sticks. Okay, noted. I, nobody else is. People have tried to get in that game, and they I think they've realized. Yeah. McDonald's tried it for a second, and they were like, so "No." Did Burger King. And Burger King like had some points, but like it was still is not like Arby's, it's just not Arby's. They're so good. They really are. They really are. And speaking of shakes, Arby shakes. Good. I've never had an Arby shake. You've never had a Jamocha shake. You know I don't do coffee unless but, it's like okay. a rare. But it's experience. like not coffee. I mean, like it's not much different than whenever we go anywhere coffee related and you get like a caramel, like <laughs> frappuccino or whatever Boca have you. Thing. Like yeah, correct. But well, folks, welcome on in. Welcome on in. We apologize for this is obviously the first and only time we'll ever record in this space. So hopefully everything sounds good as you're listening. Uh, hopefully we're not doing too much of our. This is bad, right? Like because Laura and I both very much ADHD havers, and uh, before we started the show, Laura was like tapping her nails on the on the little dry bar, and I said, "You can't do that when we record." Yeah, I don't have the option to mute myself. I know. <laughs> so it, the mic so is always live. Literally, he's looking at me, and I have my hands down. By by my side. I know, you're like Ricky Bobby. You're like, what the fuck do I do with my hands? But hopefully this this sounds good. This is also our uh, pajama party episode. Yeah, no video content. We are, yeah, both in our pajamas. I'm currently wearing a shirt that says, Hanson, it might be a cult. And I'm in fabletics wear. Like, I've been very (laughs) much like, I don't know what's been going on, but like athleisure has been my vibe when I'm at home right now. Like, I'm currently wearing like the world's most compression compression shorts and a pair of, another pair of like running shorts. I don't run. 
I don't want to tell the story, but compression wear and I have... Have had a day. Have had a day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness me. But yeah, so... Welcome in, guys. It's it's great to have you. Um, we've got a lot of stuff to cover, a lot of things going on. Of course, the Blue Jackets have got the 2023 NHL Draft happening in Nashville, Tennessee, less, beginning on Wednesday. Yeah, beginning on Wednesday, the 28th. Uh, the Jackets currently hold the third overall pick, and there's a lot of talk about what they're going to do with that, so we'll get into that. We'll talk a little bit about what we want to see happen there. Um, nobody wants to be a Calgary Flame. We'll talk a little bit about that. We'll, we'll see if maybe Johnny Gaudreau was a catalyst for that being the case. But uh, we'll see also. We'll maybe talk a little bit about if he can convince one of his friends to come on by. So who knows? Who knows? We're going we're gonna to get into all that kind of stuff. And, and we've got – we know the next time we're going to see the Blue Jackets on, on ice, you know, in Nationwide Arena, which she'll get the preseason schedule released today. So it's a bunch of good stuff happening, and we're excited to talk about it. Yeah, we have like happy and chit chatty things to talk about. Well, actually, let's get like the like, (laughs) I, if you all don't know by now, like, I think we've mentioned it before on the show and I've fallen out of listening to them, but that's just because like, I just am like not good. Okay. I know for sure. Open that water bottle loud as shit, girl. Go ahead. ahead, Go ahead. (laughs) Also on a side tangent, I am both mad and love Jeremy even more for, for introducing me to this water bottle because it has changed my life. (laughs) I think we need to be sponsored by Owala. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. The Owala, I think it's like dual sip. I have, I have done this spiel, I think on the show where I've talked about like why I'm obsessed with it so much. It's the most money I've ever spent on a water bottle. It was $27. Um, I'm poor. Sure. But like, <laughs> I've seen some of the water bottles you have and I'm not like, I'm surprised to know that it's like dramatically Those more. Those are from Amazon and I got them like. Well, you had the one Contigo that I felt like could have been expensive. This is not a podcast about <laughs> water bottles. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But no, get yourself an Owala. I think it's dual sip or something. Now, what the fuck was I talking about before you opened your water bottle? Oh, okay, I got it. Yeah, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. Um, we listen to Too Many Men, Too Many Men, uh, the hockey podcast hosted by um, Sarah Sivian and Allison Lucan and Shana Golden. And we... Love that show, and they get their shit list out of the way at the beginning of the show, and I feel like we should just do that, talk about it briefly, and then move past it. But uh, the NHL actually today announced that they had voted at the Board of Governors meeting to no longer allow for teams to wear any special warm-up jerseys before before taking the ice uh, it, during the during the season, and so. You know, I think obviously, like, I don't think anybody's stupid. Um, I think people know why this is. I don't think anybody is thinking that this has anything to do with, like, the kids' takeover games or, or, or that St. Patrick's Day got awful. Like, hockey fights cancer. I mean, you'd hope not, right? But I mean, like, I, you'd hope not about all of them. <laughs> Let's tell the truth. But, like, I, it's just a weird, uh, another weird tale in this story of the NHL just really, like, having no control over over what's what's been going on in terms of teams and celebrating Pride Night. And it it's frustrating in the sense that like 
I do truly believe, I think Alan Walsh, who is a, uh, you know, he's a player agent, and most notably, I would say, is the agent for Marc-Andre Fleury, who actually, like, had posted that um, photo of the knife going through or the dagger going through Marc-Andre Fleury a couple years back when they traded for Robin Lehner. So... Alan Walsh had said, like, you've got 99% of, of players in this league that are willing and able to do that kind of stuff, and the NHL is taking steps backward because they would rather... And this is the part that's actually, like, confusing from a PR standpoint, to me at least, if you're the NHL. Uh, but that being said, I mean, this is not just the... This is the board of governors, which, which layman's terms, is, like, the owners, right? Like, we're talking about in, in that regard. And um, it's fascinating, right, because... It's not. It's not going to reflect on the on the players who are making the choices. It's it's reflecting on the NHL, right? And I think that Laura and I have been pretty like clear. Like I think we are very like aware that folks have choice and folks have agency to to do what they choose in terms of what they want to wear, what they don't want to wear when they come out. But we also like divide our respect accordingly, and so. It's just one of those things where I think the NHL is setting themselves up for failure here because instead of it being a story about a player or two that decides to not be supportive of X, Y, or Z thing, now we're having a conversation about the NHL not doing it. And that's that's the initial like look at it, but I think that there's some more in here. But Laura, just I'll let you respond first and just like... You, I mean, you had a pretty emphatic response. <laughs> what, did you, what did you say in the car? And I was like, no, what? Jer- what? Laura Jer- does this thing <laughs> where she will just audibly react to things, like, without putting any context to it. And when she does that, um, it... He, fr- he gets frustrated. I, no, I get freaked out. Like, <laughs> I get freaked out. Like, it could be anything. Like, you, like... I have seen you react, like, so calmly to, like, the world's worst things and so uncalmly to things that, like, probably wouldn't bother you on most days. So I'm really, like, whenever you do that shit, I'm like, okay, it's either, like, <laughs> here, here. Like, I don't know where it's going to be on that spectrum. See, it's a struggle to be friends with me, truly. Um, me as well. But, yeah, so we were in the car, and I read the announcement from the NHL, and I think I said, those bastards. I I think that is what you said, yeah. Um, Because it is, instead of taking the opportunity, and this is not, and I will do this because I will say this, this is not just about potentially educating people, sorry, potentially educating people about LGBTQ plus things. You could also educate players about the teams that do stuff for, like, Native Americans and, like, all that sort of stuff. And, like, people that honor Black History Month. And there's so many opportunities here. And I'm sorry I'm not giving this, like, example justice because I have mush for brains right now. But the NHL is taking away an opportunity to choose education over like just giving up entirely based on a handful of players like they're really losing out on a prime opportunity here to start adding educational components to their requirements for their teams but i think here's the piece right like at least like for me like where i see like i like 
I don't even think it's the NHL. Like, again, I think we have to be careful how we say this, right? Because it's like, what I also think it is, I also think it's owners that are waiting with bated breath until they have a player who is going to hold out on doing something like this, and it's going to reflect negatively on the franchise, depending on how the franchise chooses to handle it. And I think that that's part of where this comes in, too, right? I mean, I think, like, if you, like, obviously, if you're the Blue Jackets, you're already like not loving everything that's happened over the course of the last couple of weeks with the the you know commentary on Ivan Provorov being a part of the team now and and you know having you know chosen to to sit out of of warmups and and not wearing the pride jersey there in Philadelphia last season. So if you're if if you're the if you're the McConnells and if, if you're like folks like Mike Priest or you're those folks like you're probably sitting there and you're thinking, oh man, like. We're either going to not do hockey is for everyone night with, you know, jerseys and, and pregame warmups, or we're going to have another scenario where Ivan Provorov and potentially others, like we don't know, like potentially others. Yeah, because there's going to be new people on the team, so. New people on the team. And also, like, again, like we've had this conversation before, like, <laughs> I, they wore chrome jerseys, they didn't wear pride jerseys, but that's beside the point. So it's one of those things where it's like, who knows what players could potentially feel empowered to not wear it. And those, from a PR standpoint, from a team perspective, they're doing crisis management before they even have the opportunity to have to react to something. And that's, I think, where a lot of these owners are are speaking up or, or are saying that they would prefer to, to not see their their teams participate in these things pregame and that's unfortunate because I think to like your point like it's not just like like we're not dumb like we know why this is happening it's happening because of pride it's happening because of LGBTQIA plus folks like that's why it's happening yeah but, it's not happening because of St. Patrick's Day jerseys right but I mean like it is still affecting everything that you said too right I mean like teams that are doing indigenous people like Jerseys, right? Like teams are doing jerseys for hockey fights, cancer. Teams are doing jerseys for military appreciation night, first responders night. Like these are the things that I, it's just so fascinating to me because I, I am at least glad that it is across the board. If they would have come out and said what they meant, <laughs> which as Laura so emphatically said last time around, just say you hate gay people. <laughs> um, that would have been a bigger issue, right? Like, and I think that the NHL is smart, at least in this case, to like call it off for everything. But I don't like I don't know what you do with that. Like, and I mean, like teams can still sell the stuff and they can still create the stuff, but it's they just not going to be premium. They can also still have the nights, of course, and everything. And you know, there's also plenty of conversation we can have about how teams decide to do things and obviously we've had our own discussions about how the blue jackets have represented these special themed nights over uh the course of doing the show but so yes they can still create a jersey they didn't and they can still sell them they can also still auction them off it's just that the players won't wear them um which but that too is a big draw as to why the people enter the auctions or want to buy mm-hmm. the jerseys because they're game worn or like ice worn. Yeah, they're player issued. They're real. Yeah. yeah. And so you have to think about that about the, you know, income that will potentially be lost to these like really great causes because now people aren't as interested in purchasing jerseys that. You know, 
are just kind of just at the same store. Just yeah, not like just a, like a normal. Um, and I think it also like you know it also puts another like fuel to the fire of the people that we were you know speaking with speaking about in our last episode that they can blame the LGBTQ community because now they can't have you know these first responders things or military appreciation like you know now they can add that to their hate fire what's nice is I feel like I haven't seen that yet and so I'm hoping that that stays true like I'm hoping that we don't see a ton of that I mean I think I've actually been surprised because it seems like a lot of the response from the folks who are anti-pride jerseys like they've at least been consistent in saying like get rid of it all I don't care like so I mean like maybe like I guess there's maybe something to be grateful for there but I mean that's I'm saying that very loosely I'm not really all that grateful for it but it's just it's it's just disappointing. I think there could have been a different, you know, there could have been different decisions made, but there's also multiple sides to this circumstance and like we've said before, like we are allowed to want better. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're just not there yet and we can't force it. No. So, I can only hope that And not just for, you know, Pride Nights or Hockey's for Everyone Nights, but, like, I do think it's important that they honor... 100%. ...the military and first responders and hockey fights cancer. Like, that's such a big thing in this league. And, you know, it's just... It's disappointing that they chose this option to just wipe it away instead of pursuing maybe the more, like, uncomfortable option... Um, so yeah, so we'll see. But if you're interested in players and teams that will wear special warm-up jerseys, uh, definitely start watching the AHL or ECHL teams. Cause yeah, I mean they're you're, they're out there painting the ice rainbow. Yeah, in Kalamazoo, <laughs> like truly the monsters like have done. They do some really great specialty jerseys, um, and. Like, there are a lot of ones that I would have bought if I wasn't, as previously stated, poor. I really, really want the outdoor jersey so bad. Yeah, from the outdoor so good. series. Like, it was... That jersey was so good. Loved it. I also loved their Batman jerseys. Yeah, it was fun, right? Mm-hmm. It was fun, but... We'll see where that goes. I, of course, we'll keep you posted. You know how we are. You know what we do. We don't really shy away from those kind of things here. And hopefully that's why you're here. And uh, we appreciate you for being here. But uh, there's another thing that we're really big fans of. And uh, Laura, I think you know what that is. Is that winning money on DraftKings? Uh, you're so right. I, you are right more times than you are wrong, my friend. And uh, you can be even more right by by heading over to DraftKings Sportsbook, where new customers can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you've got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-367. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. 
All games are regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 up in most eligible states, but ages vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Maximum bet is $50. 10 plus leg required for 100% boost. Eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Play responsibly. All right, so we've been talking about wanting better in a lot of different ways for hockey, for the Blue Jackets, and we've been talking mostly in terms of things off of the ice, and we're now at the point in the show and really in this offseason where we're, t- we're going to spend a lot of time talking about the things that the Blue Jackets are doing, have done, will do to make the product on the ice better, and that first step, well, potentially there will be things that predate this, and we'll talk a little bit about that, but... You know, that, that first major step on the calendar happens on June 28th where the Blue Jackets, like we said earlier, hold the third overall pick. And it's, you know, it's fascinating to hear the fodder. You know, we, again, travel day today, get a chance to listen to some of those podcasts that, frankly, are way more insider than we'll ever be. And they, you know, have, have the info that you all are looking for and, and you want. So as all, like, I, like, can't plug these folks enough. Like, always 32 thoughts, like, Elliot Freeman and Jeff Merrick do a great job. Uh, and then you've got other shows out there like Puck Soup. Um, you know, you've got Ryan Lambert and Sean McAdoo on that show. And the Athletic Hockey Show, they, they bounce around. There are a lot of different hosts on that network. But it, overall, like, check those folks out for, like, insider, insider info about what's happening at the draft. But some interesting points, obviously. I mean, the Jackets, it's presumed that they're – going to take the best center available that their top center on the board remaining there at third overall whatever that means is really up for teams like chicago and anaheim to decide although i think chicago has already kind of like figured out what they're going to do uh i don't think there's any real threat of uh of a gasp happening from us mm-hmm. <laughs> when the first overall pick gets you want to talk about that tweet so bad i can see it in I your do. eyes yeah yeah, because Jeremy sent me a tweet that uh, the Blackhawks uh, put out today, which was, what was it, like one week until... Until we, like... Redacted, redacted. Until we draft, yeah. Oh, Chicago Blackhawk. And it's like, I... There's just... this. Just add this to the list of reasons why Chicago does not deserve... Nice things. Nice things. And especially Connor Bernard, but... You know, it is what it is. They're obviously not going to shock the world and not pick him at number one. Um, so we're just all going to have to deal with it. But it does get a little bit spicy when we start talking about who Anaheim might pick and what that will mean for us. Well, you're not even talking about the part of this week that I thought you would talk about, which is somebody had quote tweeted that and it said, Chicago is already back to covering <laughs> things up. So I was, I thought you were going to go there, but you didn't. Oh, I uh, didn't. But... Very funny. I need to, I need to look up who tweeted that so that way I'm not over here acting like we came up with that. But uh, yeah, I mean it, yeah. And, and there's thoughts that it could get spicy. I don't think it, I, personally, I don't know that it will, but of course we've got multiple players to talk about here in that like two through five range. Um, and really, it's just two through four, right? I mean, it's basically 
you've got Adam Fantilli, you've got Leo Carlson, you've got Will Smith, and depending on who you talk to, there's also Zach Benson, who is, you know, out of, I believe he's out of the WHL, if I'm not mistaken, Mm -hmm. and he is another guy who folks look at as potentially being a center and I I don't think he's gonna be in that top five. Like I, I would be surprised if that happens, but that's another, you know, top center in this draft class and and the Jackets have to go that route, I think. Uh, I don't think there's any reason for us to believe that they won't go that route after all the the talk of, man, you just can't can't find a number one center. You just can't do it. You just can't find it. Uh, yeah, they, they don't grow on trees, but for some reason in this draft, they seem to have. And the Jackets have lucked into a, a third overall pick. And, Laura, I got to tell you the truth. Like, what I want to happen and what I think is going to happen, like, I don't know that they're – they go back and forth. I go back and forth daily, and I'm and I'm sure. At least I hope this isn't happening in the Blue Jackets war room, but like it wouldn't surprise me if that's happening there as well. Yeah, I kind of feel like they have all the pictures like um, up on a wall, and they're just like doing pros and cons lists, and also maybe like throwing darts at them, like just to be like, you guys are so stressful. <laughs> <laughs> just um, like here you go, <laughs> but. Yeah, it's also weird to be in such, like, such, oh, what's the word? Like, just so much relies on what whoever Anaheim picks. Um, and there's, you know, rumor that they may toss us intentionally or intentionally or unintentionally, toss us a bone and not pick projected second overall pick out of Fantilli. I'm struggling with this because I don't know that I like Adam Fantilli more than I like Leo Carlson. I like them both equally. I I think both of them would be, but the thing is about Adam Fantilli is I want this so bad just because. Like, just because Columbus deserves it, like, we're not getting Connor Bernard, but by God, if we get out of Fantilli, okay. Like... Well, and this feels like the classic case of, like, you know, obviously it wasn't going to happen with Connor Bernard, right? Like, the, the, we, there, were, there was not going to be discussion about first overall. But you start to get into the, into, the, into the weeds of things, and you think about who could go where... And you get people that start to throw out feelers and stuff. Like, there has never really been an overly serious conversation up until the last few weeks about Adam Fantilli not being that second overall prospect. And, you know, I don't... My, my thing about Adam Fantilli is I think his ceiling is higher than Leo Carlson. I think his floor is lower. And that's what stresses me out. Because they need to hit on this. They can't not hit on this. Yeah, he ends up being, like, a lemon. We're fucked. Right, and and that's, like, the piece of this, too, right? That I just... I have a lot of anxiety about. And these are anxieties that aren't going to get answered even next year. I mean, like, is it possible that Adam Fantilli or Leo Carlson could potentially be a Blue Jacket next year? Like, yeah, definitely, but... 
you can't look at what happens next season and, and write it off as that's how, who they're going to be as a player. They're going to be 18, 19 years old. Like, you look at Cole Sillinger, he had a really great rookie year, a sophomore slump hit, and, and now we're wondering about whether or not he's somebody who could potentially get traded here, right? Like, so I think that there's obviously, like, it, there's so much unknown, and it's going to continue to be unknown until probably, like, 2026, 2027. We're not going to know what we have with whoever we pick for sure until then, and, and that's something we have to be okay with, and it's going to be uncomfortable, but it's the reality. Right, because we have to reiterate one of the things that, you know, we we like to also, like, explain, not explain, but, like, help people understand how things work because again the draft for the nhl is much different than drafts for the na or the nfl the nba like nhl draft in the first round do not play for the teams that drafted them in their first year very rarely very rarely like Ken Johnson is a rarity. Cole Cylinder, for sure, a rarity. Well, and I mean, Ken Johnson is, like, the rarity, but, like, is... Well... Yeah. Ken Johnson is a rarity in where he, like, didn't technically burn his rookie year in Columbus, his first season, but he played after having played a season at Michigan. So he still had another whole year of development before he played for the Jackets. Yes. So, like, it's still... David Juracek, also a rarity. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, but for the most part, he was an AHLer, right? Like, I mean, like, he played a couple right. of games, but, but still, like, even then, most of them don't do that either. Well, that's just, uh, part of that is complicated in the sense that, like, you've got weird rules with you can't be under 20 years old and be playing from the CH and having been drafted by the C. It's like Corson Kuhlman's NCAA, um, Denton Matejchuk is a CHL prospect. So, like, obviously, those guys can't, but, like, uh, obviously, course of Kuhlman's after his you know sophomore season, sophomore season at Wisconsin, yeah, mm-hmm. he obviously decided to go pro. But like, that's where it gets complicated too. And you start to look at who are the guys who are under twenty that are playing in the AHL. It's usually those those European prospects. So folks like uh, a David Juracek, right? Like, and you know, to some extent, like if he was a younger guy, like Karol March, like you're talking, and Dmitry Vronkov is another guy who's older, but. He's even got an escape clause that if he's playing in the AHL in December, he's back in Russia. So, who knows? Like it's and that's not going to happen. But all of that is to say that this is like, like Laura said, it's not the NFL draft where you think you're drafting a guy in the third round and he's going to make a difference in your roster like that year. Like that's not happening. Like patience is key when it comes to 100%. draft picks. This is more like baseball. If you're a baseball fan and you think about like how long it takes for a guy to kind of marinate in the minors and work his way up through single A to double A to triple A and then there he is, right? Like it takes forever, right? And it's just not anywhere near as easy as people make it out to be. Because I also think, and this is also, you know, the small sampling of people that we interact with on social media, but like I think so so many people are quick to judge these, especially in the last couple of years when it's been these really big draft classes that have had some really generational talent in it and you know we pick someone and that person doesn't immediately make the team or doesn't like immediately you know immediately do this that or the other thing and people are so quick to be like well they're apparently they're shit <laughs> like and you know there's pros and cons to this situation where it does sometimes bring people into exploring the other levels of hockey like mm-hmm. juniors and all that sort of stuff um 
but it also brings about the whole like if they don't play immediately then clearly we made the worst pick ever and Yarmo should be fired and let's light the team on fire. Like, Yeah, I mean, people are making draft grades the day that the draft happens as opposed to waiting to see how these players develop. And, and, and that's just, I mean, everybody needs something to talk about, right? And that's just a prime example of it to me. But, okay, so it sounds like we're in different places. It sounds like you're Team Fantilli and I'm Team Carlson for who we want the Blue Jackets to yes. draft. What do you think is going to happen? We're going to pick Leo Carlson. And I'm totally fine with that. I, God, there's a there's something in my soul that tells me they're going to pick neither of them. And they're going to go with Mitch Kopp and he's not going to play for, he's like really not going to play for like another six years. I mean, no, I don't know that it's going to be Mitch. Like, it could be Mitch Kopp. Like, Mavi Mitch Kopp is somebody who is... Probably, if you're t- if you take the Russia element out of this, and you take the geopolitical environment out of this, he's probably somebody you're talking about at two or three. Like he, that's probably where he gets drafted. But of course, like we talked about last week, nothing happens in a vacuum, and so that's the reason why you're not thinking about him really. Probably at three, I don't know. There's just this part of me that is like, is he gonna it, like? If there's a GM that like has the balls to try it, it's him. Like it's Yarmo, for sure, and. And if he doesn't think that either Fantilli or Carlson is going to make an immediate impact on this team, like maybe you wait. But again, you're then you're unless you know that you have something lined up to bring in a top six center, you can't do that. Like you can't not pick one of those two yeah. guys unless he's got a secret like trade that's happening either within the draft or they're. I know they can't after. really they can't really be talking about it before free agency opens, but like. You know, if there's murmuring, there is nobody on that list that I would. I, I like. I like. I frankly don't think there's anybody on that list of free agents that I would say, "Oh, that solves the problem that you're looking to fix." Like, and we'll talk about that when we preview free agency. But like, I like. There's just nobody on that list, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, that makes me feel better about the, the Blue Jackets depth at center." But I mean, it's also like Will Smith stresses me out. Like, I don't know. Like, if that's like, I could see Armo going that route. Like, I don't know. Like, there's just a small part of me that is just like worried about. Well, because there is. I mean, it's it's worked out for the most part because he's showing a lot of progress and like he will have a really bright career but it's giving Igor Chinnikov vibes I mean it's to me it's like giving it, it's like literally reminiscent like of Pierre Luc Dubois like that's true it's like li- like it is it is the third overall pick same and there's consensus to who everybody thinks should go three. There's consensus really in the top four. People don't think this draft is starting really until pick five. Uh, so it's like one of those things where it just feels kind of similar to me, eerily similar to me. And it's just one of those things that I like can't let myself believe that it's going to be Leo Carlson or Adam Fantilli for the Jackets. And if it is, that's awesome. That's going to be dependent on the Ducks either picking Mitch Cobb or picking Leo Carlson. But I, I'm not sure that they will. Um, I don't, the Ducks aren't in a place to wait for Mitchkov. I disagree. Really? Yes. Yeah. They're not going to be good. They're not going to be good. With Mitchkov, they wouldn't neither be good. Chicago. Right. Right. <laughs> and so that's the piece of it, right? Is like neither of those teams are going to be any good this, this year. Hell, even probably two, maybe even fucking three years into the future. So if you are Anaheim or, you know, not obviously Chicago is not going to do this, but if you're a team that like knows that you're not going to be competitive, but you're able to, like, add that asset for, like, when you're ready, 
I don't know. Like, that's actually the team that makes the most sense to me. Like, Mitchkov makes no sense in Columbus to me because this is a team that thinks, delusionally or not, we can talk about that, that they can be competitive in 23-24, and you don't want to waste that on a guy who's not going to make an impact on your roster until 2026-2027 at the earliest. And is also going to need, like, convincing to come... I will say, like, there is, and that's a piece of this, too, like, right? Like, Yarmo Yarmo has had success with Russians. Like, that's the other thing that has me, like, kind of, like, on the fence about whether or not he would think about making that swing. But truly, like, again, like, unless he has something lined up to help for for that interim period of those three years where Mitchkov is, is a question mark... Then I don't think you can. I don't think you can make that risk. And I think that if Yarmo was maybe in a position where he didn't feel like maybe he was, you know, managing for his job, like maybe he thinks about it. But like the reality is, is he is. So it's. I don't think. He, I think he has to play it somewhat safe. Uh, that being said, I don't think he will. <laughs> and I'm gonna look like Booba the Fool when we are watching the draft and he. Goes chalk and Leo Carlson comes to Columbus at three and and I think that I mean that is again my preferred situation. I know Laura, you're your team fan Tilly, but I think as long as either one of those two things happen, I think you and I are both going to be happy humans uh, on on that Wednesday night. Yes, which if you're going to the draft party at Pins. I will be there. Laura will be there. I will not. I'll be in West Michigan, but I will be. I'll probably tweet. I'll probably tweet while Laura's and having fun. I'll be the stress ball. And our dear, dear friend Megan will be there handling my social anxiety for Jeremy. So, and we love to see it. We love having having that secondhand assistance there. But really, if you do see me at the party and you want to say hi, I would love to say hello and chit chat. Um, I'm not that awkward. I mean, and, and honestly, you kind of are. But I love that about you. <laughs> <laughs> he does always like to hear about the interactions that I have without him. Yeah, they're always show. fun. They're always fun. But Laura, you know, it is funny because so much of the the news cycle right now in hockey, I mean, obviously we're talking draft. We're talking draft and as important as that is, you know, there there's always going to be other storylines happening hockey-wise during this time of year. It's just this is the time to get business done. And it's hard to not look to the Saddle Dome, to Calgary. Where everyone is running like their pants are on fire. And <laughs> that was good. Yeah, good work. Um, <laughs> it is hard to watch. And I have a lot of empathy for Flames fans. Like, I have to tell you that piece. Because this is reminiscent, right? Like, and honestly, I would argue that this is more dramatic. But, like, this is reminiscent of, of that mass exodus of, of uh, Artemi Panarin and Sergei Bobrovsky. Again, Sergei Bobrovsky wasn't going to get re-signed. Artemi Panarin was an RFA when he got brought in, and it was never a guarantee that he was going to stick around. He, he didn't have any loyalty to the Jackets. and He cared more about location than money. He wanted, he wanted to be in New York. And then you've got... You know, obviously, like, the Jackets, you know, talked to Matt Duchesne but never made him an off. Like, so, I mean, like, it's different in that sense. Seth Jones obviously decided that he wanted out. But, you know, you look at it, and it's – and Peter looked at Boston similarly. But you look at it, and this is, like, all at once. Um, Johnny Goudreau does it the year before, right? Like, Johnny Goudreau, like – Honestly, like, I, I can understand, and we've talked about this on the show, like, I can understand if Flame fans were really not so keen to to Johnny Gaudreau and how all of that happened, right? But, you know, you look at 
right now, you've got, and I'm going to miss somebody because there's so many people. It's Noah Hannafin. Um, it's, oh my God, Tyler Toffoli. It's Elias Lindholm. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's one more. Oh, shit. You know I'm terrible at player names. No, I do. I do know that about you. Um, I'm going to look it up while we're talking about it. But, yeah, I mean, like, it's it's a myriad of players yeah. <laughs> that I want out. And that, it's one of those things where, like, if you're a GM and you're looking to rebuild a franchise, like, this is as good a news as you can get. But they aren't. They're going to have to. Right. They're not going to have a choice. Right. This is forcing their hand into a rebuild. I think that they didn't even expect, because again, Mushroom Brands currently. What? Who's the other big player that left last summer with Johnny? That left last summer. Or they traded away. Oh, Matthew Kachuk. Like he yes. got traded. Yeah. So like. But I mean, at least that you get Jonathan Huberto, Mackenzie Weger back. Although you could argue whether or not that's. Correct. Florida won that trade. Uh, I don't know if it felt that way as heavily mm-hmm. back when it happened, but like, at least they got something back for them. Like, true, but I think it's between that move and Johnny, it has really just created a domino effect. And I don't know what it is. I mean, Johnny has always spoken very highly about the front office in Calgary. I think it's Daryl it, Sutter. Oh. Well, he's gone now, right? Of course. Right. But, like, I, I think that, like, that, like... It, Too much I, trauma to keep going, even with... Maybe, right? Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, like, I even would think about, like... Think about your most toxic work environment that you've ever been in. Yep. I'm gonna give, I'm going to give you a second, because I think you have options. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would argue that if your person who, like, was contributing really heavily toward that left like you would still be challenged in that space yeah there would be a lot of deconstruction that would have to happen there would be a lot of things that you would have to well because i was kind of in that situation where the person was about to leave and it had been so traumatic for me that i wasn't willing to, to stick around to stick around for whomever replaced them um so I mean, I get it. I think Philadelphia is going through that a little bit right now with torts and um, people not wanting to hang I, yeah. around. That's probably true. That's probably true. I mean, I think Ivan Provorov is maybe that. Um, Kevin, Kevin Hayes Kevin is Hayes. definitely that. Is definitely that. Um, which, obviously, the Blue Jackets are not really all that interested in his services anymore. But, yeah, I... It's fascinating to see. It sucks. I again, like it just like it's hard to not feel for Calgary fans, but I, they are still giving it a go with or trying to convince one of them to resign. Yeah, I mean they're gonna try to convince as many of them as they can to resign because at the end of the day, like they need to try to save some face here. But I don't think they're gonna be able to. Like they're like doing everything they can. There was a fake tweet that came out earlier today from like, so this is also that time of year where we should remind you all to make sure that you are being vigilant about, especially now that anybody could buy a damn. Don't learn the hard way like I did. Yeah. Um, So it's tough, but um, so Tyler to fully vigorously check people's profiles before I trust anything. Yeah, so Michael Backlund, um, Noah Hannafin, Elias Lindholm, 
Gosh, who was the other one? There is a, th- a fourth one, right? Again. Anyway, it's a lot of it's a lot of people that went out of Calgary, and there's one of them that maybe if you're the Blue Jackets you're interested in, and that's Elias Lindholm, of course, uh, who in his best season was line mates with Johnny Gaudreau, and you wonder if they could recreate some of that magic in Columbus, especially if you've got a winger on your side like a Patrick Laine. You know, I think that there's some real merit to that conversation, but I think that there's also some hesitancy from folks in Columbus and some folks who, you know, don't want to see this team spend a lot of money Period. Um, who who have well, no interest. And we don't necessarily have a lot of money to spend. I mean, we made a good amount of cap space in the, at the trade deadline. But our, we don't want to sell the horse before the cart. Yeah, no, I mean, that's definitely valid. If you take a look at... Let's pull it up. Um so the blue jackets. So as of right now, the jackets actually have a relatively higher cap hit, just because they've got. As of right now, they've got thirteen. No, I'm lying to you. How many? How many forwards do they have under contract? They've, Too many. Yeah, yes. So forwards under contract. You've got Johnny Gaudreau, Patrick Laine, Jack Rosovic, Boone Jenner, Sean Crowley, Eric Robinson, Alexander Texier, Matthew Olivier. New two-year deal, by the way. We'll talk about that. Um, Ken Johnson, Kirill Marchenko, Cole Cylinder, Emil Bemstrom, Liam Foody, Lane Pe- uh, Lane Pedersen. Although he's a UFA, so he might. We'll see what happens there. But you're talking about 13 guys there that are under contract going into next year. And then you've got six guys under contract in the NHL. Just like we're talking strictly NHL. Tim Burney is a guy who doesn't have a deal. And Gavin Bayreuther doesn't have a deal. I think Tim Burney's probably going to get an extension. But I don't know. Gavin Bayreuther's going to walk. So you've got, let's just say, seven. So, I mean, like we're talking like a lot of roster players right now that are contributing to that major amount of money that they, they've they got going on. And so I think it's obviously it's going to be a shorter or it's going to be a smaller number, and we don't know what's going to happen at this deadline. I think the Jackets have more cap space to play around with than we might think. And so you just don't want to overcommit to things when you know for a fact that you've got years coming up where you're going to have to extend players like Cole Cylinder or Ken Johnson or Kromarchenko. Like, those are players who, like, you're not paying them, like, massive in their second deal, I, unless you're convincing one of them to lock down for eight years. But you're you're looking more at short-term, decent money there. But you're going to start getting into having to play these, pay these players, and, and the cap is going to go up, of course, but I, you just can't be too... You have to be a little frugal here. You have to be responsible with how you choose to spend money this this offseason. Because what kind of hit would we be taking with Lindholm? Like, how much... He's going to want th- probably... I mean, like, he's going to want... I would have to say he's probably going to want around seven, eight million minimum. Like, right? Like, you're talking about I mean, I a so, top six center. Based on what he's making now in Calgary. Yeah, let's pull that up real quick. Let's make sure that we got that correct. But I, I just... He's going to be a guy that demands some cap space for sure. And I mean, like, I think he deserves to to control some cap space there. But uh, so the but Flames. It's definitely going to come literally and figuratively at a cost to the Jackets if they are one of the teams in the pursuit of him in his free agency. Yeah, and Elias Lindholm only makes 4.85 right now. So I mean he's definitely he's definitely due for a pay raise, but like when when that happens he's gonna be twenty nine. 
So you don't want to sign him to uh, too long of a term, right? Like, I mean, like you don't want to go any more than four or five years, I wouldn't think. But he's gonna want longer. So you just don't want to put yourself. I'm just. I'm gonna start kicking shit. You just don't want to put yourself in a in a situation where you're committed to a player for too long. In the same way that maybe you are for for Damon Severson, right? Like, I mean, like that contract's probably a decent contract for the first five years, but that, those last three years could get tough. So it's just you have to think about that. And if you think that your window is within those five years, and maybe you sacrifice those last three years and you call it even, but I don't know that I don't know that you feel confident in saying that. Yeah, it all depends on like the the details of the contract because I do think with Severson there is a little bit more wiggle room as his no trade like changes changes throughout the course of his contract. So like options would be more abundant as he got older and his contract started coming to an end. But it's those types of things that you have to think about. Mm-hmm. And especially like you said, he's Lindholm is twenty nine, so you know, that's pretty middle aged for hockey players. Yeah. So um so yeah, but it's gonna again, it's gonna have to come at a cost, and we would have to, you know, start thinking about who are we willing to give up for that kind of acquisition. Who are you willing to give up for that kind of acquisition? <laughs> well, if we, we got to start thinking about it, start saying some names, girl. Well, I did tell you that I would actually pick people outside of Jack Roslevic because he is my number one person to vacate sure. um, the Blue Jackets, but. And you you, you kind of got to think about who Calgary or no we don't because it's free agency so who's well, no. someone else? Well, we'd have to mean? get we'd have to it wouldn't be with Calgary like if we got Lindholm in free agency. No 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 babe he's got a year left he's not willing to extend. Oh he's not willing to extend yeah. okay that's my mistake. Um, okay so we have to think about who Calgary would be willing to take. Mm-hmm. So you got to start with a defenseman. I think you got to you got to shed a defenseman for sure. Especially if they're looking to trade Noah Hannafin and they're looking to potential like you know what I mean. Like they're gonna have to. I say Jake Bean. One hundred percent. Because I do think Jake Bean has potential. He just hasn't found it in Columbus because he's been injured consistently. Okay, I'm Craig Conroy, the general manager of of the Calgary Flames. Yes. I don't want Jake Bean. I want Adam Boquist. In popularity, I hate it because I love Adam Boquist. Sure. He has a similar situation to Jake Bean where he has great potential, but he gets injured a lot. That's not necessarily, like, a terrible thing for us to get rid of. Boquist, I, I would say, has definitely a higher ceiling and a higher floor yes. than Jake Bean does. I think if you're Calgary, that's probably the defenseman you want, right? It might be Andrew P. I mean, it depends on what you're looking for. I'm not sitting here. We don't host a Calgary Flames podcast. I couldn't tell you about specifically what characteristics of play those six defensemen are bringing every night to Calgary. But, but I do think out of those three, Jake Bean... Adam Boquist and Andrew Peake, the Adam Boquist is the more desirable, also based on just, like, the teams he's been on, so Chicago and us, and the caliber of player that he's played with, like, he has, you know, more experience in that area, so I think that's really appealing to other teams. Yeah. So, as much as it would pain me from, a like, a fan perspective, if we're getting Lindholm in exchange, like, send out in Boquist, but they're not going to just 
trade him for one player. How about this? I also want a 2024 first round pick, but I'll give you top 10 protection. Oh. Because that's assuming that we're competitive in 2024 and we're picking... Well, what that probably ends up meaning for the Jackets is that they finish 11th from the bottom and, and Calgary retains the pick. And, yes. Uh, yeah, but, but yes, yeah, essentially yes. If the Jackets are dog shit again, then obviously you're still making that pick in 2024 and then you're probably bumping. The condition to that is then you would get 2025 unprotected. Kind of similar to what happened with Chicago, right, with this year where yes. it was lottery protected and all yes. those kind of things. Or not this year, last year, excuse me. I don't... Oh my god, wait. This is so unrelated. I fucking wish Chicago would have won the lottery last year and this year because we would have gotten the number one overall pick. Oh, that's right. And we would have picked third overall. That is also true. That's fucked up. (laughs) Anyway. That is fucked up. And again, Chicago deserves no nice things, so... No nice things. But... We only have the one first round pick in 2024, right? Right now? Mm-hmm. If there... If there's top 10 protection, I would be fine. Alright. Because I, I firmly believe that Yarmo, in some other situation, can get himself another higher pick if need be if we were to lose out whatever pick we got to um okay i'm also gonna want a forward do we want a i'm gonna want a forward who who are you willing to general who are you you okay with well i have people but are you talking in general forward yeah forward are you talking like okay then liam foodie liam foodie okay Mm -hmm. I think, honestly, like, I, that is the makings of a trade that I think Calgary would entertain. I think if you're looking at first round, protect, like, obviously Columbus is going to want protection. Maybe it's not, maybe it's lottery protected, maybe it's top five protected, maybe it's top ten protected, I don't know. But Columbus is going to want protection on that first round pick for sure. And then I think, yeah, I think you're looking at a guy who's going to make an impact at the NHL level defensively. And I think you're looking at a player who is either not found their stride in Columbus or a player who could develop Cole Sillinger might be a part of that deal and I'm not ready to say goodbye I get hesitant on that one I wouldn't I don't think I'd pull the trigger on that but that's the kind of stuff that you have to start thinking about when you think about these trades right I mean if you're Calgary you're getting rid of a guy who has been a pretty consistent staple on you know, down the middle, you're you're gonna need to start doing some things. They've got some prospects, but like it's not deep, deep. Like they're gonna need to start replenishing some of that if they're gonna end up going through a rebuild. And I, I don't know. Like that's the kind of player that I could see them asking for. Yarma might hang up the phone, but I could see it. Well, I just I like it more for Liam Foody, also for him because we've talked about it many times. He has fallen through the cracks in our system. He has not gotten the attention. He, is he not, needs to move on. Yeah. It's not working. We don't have the space for him. We don't have the space or the energy to do what needs to be done with him as far as his development is considered. Like, what was it? He, you know, how many games did he play before he got his first goal this season? Yeah. Like, that's failure in and of itself based on his development. 
So that's why I like it for him because he gets another opportunity with a team that can show him like the attention that he needs. Yeah, and they're going to need young guys in Calgary. So, I mean, he's somebody who could definitely be on that list. Yeah, he's still super young. Mel Bemstrom, somebody who's Happily. on that list. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Obviously, that's just one potential option for the Jackets down the middle. But we won't know until we know. And you can guarantee that we're going to be paying close attention. And, and we'll obviously have some thoughts if anything does occur. And, and I think it will. I think it will. I don't know with, with Elias Lindholm, but... Obviously, things are going to be busy for the Jackets here in the next few next few days. And, and, you know, they make it a little less busy by locking up Matthew Olivier for two years, you know, 1.1 per year. You know, decent enough cap hit, I think. You know, I, I had seen somebody, you know. Folks are not thrilled by this. And, and I mean, like, I... It's not a glamorous signing. Like, it's of course not. Like, you're talking about Matthew Olivier, guys. We're not talking about fucking... Like, you know what I mean? Like... That, but that's still somebody who's super important to your roster based on... You look at last season, they played, what, like 66, 62, 66 games, whatever mm-hmm. have you. You've got 1.6% of your cap tied up in a guy that played that much for you and made the impact that he did and filled the role that you wanted him to fill. That's that's chump change in, in the NHL, right? I mean, like, we're talking about, like, if you're looking across the board, like, what is, what's 23 divided by $83.5 million? Like, that's, like... Per player, like, or I guess it's the other way around, right? Like, you're looking at, like, roughly about $4 million a player on average to stay below the cap. I'm not throwing a fit about $1.1 million for Matthew Olivier, guys. For two years. For two years. If it doesn't work out, send him to Cleveland. And if somebody wants to take him up on waivers, go ahead. But yeah. if it does, if it does, if he gets sent to Cleveland, then he's going to go cut somebody's face open like he did Curtis Gabriel. Like, that's just what you've got with Matthew Olivier. Like, and he's not, like, he's not gonna be this, like, like, I don't know what people want him to be because they think that by re-signing him it means that he's some sort of, like, big superstar. Like, that, like, for some reason that's the only players that the Blue Jackets can, they, realistically, the Jackets should only ever field 21 All-Stars every single fucking night. Like, no, like, the teams that are the most successful in this era are teams that have a defined bottom six. Right. You look at the Tampa dynasty that they built, three Stanley Cup visits in a row, two, winning two out of three of them, partially because they just had the best third and fourth lines in hockey that had identity. Matthew Olivier brings that. You put Matthew Olivier, Sean Crowley, and somebody else, yeah, not that was... to Eric Robinson, Somebody else on that line. And that w- and we talked about it before. That was one of the most successful and most consistent lines that we had all through this garbage season that we just completed. Stuck to their identity. So, and he's, he is an energy that we need with all these young players that we still have and all these veterans who don't want to break their faces or their bones. God, please don't. Like, he provides a service that we need. We need someone mm-hmm. to rough people up. And he does that. So I was very shocked about the negative reaction to him signing because everyone seemed to love his his shit during games this past season. Seemed like a fan favorite to me. Yeah, he's great. He he's good with interviews. Like he's not a fully veteran, but he's you know getting there in his experience, and he does what we need him to do. He's like a modern day Jody Shelley. 
So like to some extent, but he scores a lot more. No offense, Jody. Yeah, and <laughs> when he scores, it's great. Everyone super excited. I don't know. I, I like it. I I think he's a guy that's probably gonna round out your bottom your your bottom line, and I think that's okay. Like I mean, like it'll be interesting to see if maybe they put Dmitry Ronkov into the mix of that. Like I don't know that you want to move Sean Crowley off of the center position, but. You know, if you if you want to start Vronkov out on the wings to, to just give him a chance to kind of develop a little bit, like, that could be a fun and nasty line. Like, that could be a good yeah, time. Yeah, because you're built, like, it's all about building from the pieces that you have work. And we already know Sean Crowley and Matthew Olivier have chemistry. chemistry yeah. And they work well together. And they've even proven to be able to switch back and forth with that third person, that other wing. You know who I want to see? Who do you want to... Based on who the Jackets have on this roster right now going mm. into the season, barring... Pretend no trades are happening. Okay. Who do I want to see? Who would you want to see on that line with them? I have a player in mind. I don't know that there's any way we have the same player. I don't know why I like this, but it would it would again be a situation where you have to take someone off of the center position you think of Boone no Cole Cole interesting that's not where I was gonna go I would be fascinated to see Alexander Texier on that line see I was thinking that too but again it's having to take Tex off of the center position well at this point like he's gonna have to play left wing like Tex is gonna have to play left wing like that's just like kind of the reality of it also because Boone's not ever going back to the wing when he He's just gonna live. He's just gonna live at center for as long as he's a blue jacket. <laughs> I mean, like, include Boone or not. Like, let's for the sake of this whole thing, let's include Boone. And again, we're talking no trades have happened. Okay, you've got Boone Jenner who's playing center. You've got Jack Rosovic who's played center. You've got Dmitry Ronkov coming in as somebody who's played center. You've got Cole Cylinder who should be playing center. You've got Sean Crowley who should be playing center. Like we, we Kent Johnson. Kent Johnson could play center, right? Like yes. I mean, like we're talking about guys who like. Like, I'm not saying that we have great top six centers, but we have we have that center depth in your bottom six. Yeah. So you, all these guys can't play center, right? Like you're gonna have to play around with it and see what happens. Also, Patrick Line, I think, so he can be a center. Although I don't think Mike Babcock's gonna have any interest in letting him play with that experiment. So I, I think that like, that's the kind of thing. And truth be told, like Matthew Olivier, going back to the original point, like. He's the kind of guy that I think Mike Babcock's really going to like, and I think he's going to use him a lot. Like, I don't know. I could be wrong, but, like, that's kind of the impression that I get. And I just, I like Cole for that role because I think it's good for him to be with a couple of older players. I think it's an interesting opportunity to see if he's willing to, like, maybe start beefing it up in the gym because mm. I think he has potential if he were to put on some weight. It's a come on beefcake. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just, I like that energy. Like I like That's the three fun. of them together. Um, I also, I just, I really think Sean would be a good influence on him as far as like play is considered. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree with you. I think that could be a lot of fun. Uh, it's oh, man. I also when I said that Mike Babcock, uh, you know, is a guy who would like Matthew Olivier. It just reminded me that he's going to be the head coach of the Blue Jackets. That's fucking crazy. Anyway, um, <laughs> Laura, we've talked about a lot. 
We've yeah. talked about a lot. We're, we're about, about an hour and ten minutes right now of the show. Is there anything else on, on your radar as... Is there anything we said we were going to talk about that we have just totally missed out on? No. We did have a fun segment that we were going to do, and then... It's going to happen still. Yes. It just might come to you a little bit later. Yes. But we might record it tomorrow. That would be fun. Oh, that yeah. would be so fun. Um, a special Texas special segment, which will be great. Um, no, I think we covered everything. Again, if you're going to the draft party next week um, at Pins and you see me, please say hi. Um, you know, I will try not to be super awkward. And also, if you're wanting to see the players that are coming, because I haven't announced who the players are, um, get there early. Yeah, last year it filled up quick. Yes, and I think they're going to hopefully be a little bit more responsible about it this year and, like, maybe hand out, like tags basically to like well they gave tickets last year it's just it was confusing the way it was set up oh that's true it was very confusing because we lines were consuming each other yeah it was weird and it was it was a time but so yeah if you're looking to interact with the players because they're only doing if they do it the same the way they did it last year the players will only sign for an hour yeah so and it's usually like the early hour. Yeah. So get before there. everything starts. Just because the event starts at a certain time doesn't mean that pins isn't open before then. So yeah, like, I would. Op- it's open. The party te- opens at four. Yeah. So I would go as early as you can. So, um, but yeah, it was a nice time last year. Pins is a cool place. I will forewarn you unless they've fixed it. You will not be able to actually hear the name is called from the TV. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Um, I'm so, sure they fixed it. Fingers crossed. I'm sure they fixed but, it. But, you know, Stinger will be there. They're going to bring out a bunch of new merch from the Blue Line. Our literal favorite human, Mike Todd, will be there hosting everything. And it was just a fun time. And it's a nice summer hockey thing to do. Um, and again, if you're interested in meeting some of the players, um, Boone is in town right now, so maybe he will be there. Maybe. So. Definitely. But that's really, I mean, that's all we have currently. Yeah, and I mean, like this is a piece of it, right? Like we know what this next, these next few weeks are going to be. So we're gonna, we're gonna come to you rapid fire whenever we need to. Uh, plan right now is to release the next episode again next Friday. Uh, just because we want to let the let the jackets do what they need to at the draft, and if something crazy happens, of course, I think we'll we'll find a way to record an episode for you. But but yeah, we'll put, we'll plan to release an episode on Friday next week, and, and we may do depending on what happens that Saturday. Oh yeah, yeah, free agency. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's and all coming up. Cough, cough, new coach. Yeah, I have uh, breaking news. All right, um, but. But yeah, so folks, we, we appreciate you, and you're going to want to make sure that you keep up with us every step of the way, uh, you know, because even outside of just the, th- the stuff that's happening, hockey-wise and all that kind of stuff, two of your favorite podcasters might be doing something cool soon, so you're going to want to keep it locked on all of our social media stuff. And again, I would be remiss if I didn't pass it over to the lovely Laura Norman to, uh, I did not like that I just used your government name, uh, to uh, do all of the plugs while I stare into her soul, 
trying to get her to mess up because that would bring me some sort of sick sadistic joy. So go for it, Laura. I did just have a thought now that if the neighbors in our uh, condo complex right now can hear us, that they're just like, what the fuck is happening? It's just a conversation. We're just chatting. You know, it's fine. We're just but chatting. yes, you can follow us on social media. On Twitter and Instagram at Subjectively Pod, on Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at Subjectively Speaking. Mark. And we do have a lovely website that Jeremy built that you can visit subjectivelyspeaking.com. And again, like he called us, if you want to support your two favorite hockey podcasters, we do have a merch store and it has a lot of cool merch. And we actually talked about some potential new merch today on the airplane so that was fun so look out for that as well but that is subjectivelymerch.com and then lastly you can rate review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on particularly if you're on apple podcasts scroll on down hit five stars it is our favorite number um and even in texas we don't know how the algorithms work um, so, but we just know that your like, subscriptions, reviews, whatever helps us get noticed in the hockey podcast charts and helps to bring more people to this lovely little community of ours. So other than that, we just love and appreciate you all so much. Cause I was thinking the second we cross into the Lone Star State, we are going to figure it all out. I know. Right. And we didn't. We I honestly don't know how the stars play in this. I don't know how their ice stays frozen. Uh, yeah, like if they have a deep Stanley Cup run one year, it's uh, it's over. It's it's just ha- they open one door and it's a puddle. Correct. Kind of like the ice cream that we bought earlier today. Correct. Anyway. <laughs> Until we get the chance to talk to y'all next time, make sure you keep it locked on all things objectively speaking. Make sure you take care of yourselves, take care of one another, and we will talk to you all next week. Bye.